Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hello, welcome to the British Canoeing Coaching Podcast. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the England Talent Programme. This is the final podcast of three-part strength and conditioning series. In our previous episode, we discussed sports sampling, what it is and how it can be useful for developing athletes. We've also discussed the perfect strength and conditioning, where we address some concerns that people might have with strength and conditioning, as well as highlighting the benefits. And we've begun to look at how strength and conditioning can fit within a training programme. My name is Daniel Thompson and I'm the Talent Operations Coordinator for British Canoeing. Joining myself with discussions on this topic area today is Ben Lewis, our Pathway Strength and Conditioning Coordinator. Hi Ben. Hi Daniel, thanks for having me back for the third instalment. Yeah, it's great to have you um, with us again. Um, we've had some uh, extremely enjoyable discussions and uh, I'm looking forward to catching up with you and going in a bit more detail about how we incorporate strength and conditioning to a training program and, and what principles athletes and coaches should follow. So talking about um, where we discussed in our previous podcast episodes around physical qualities, what sort of physical qualities would you be looking for paddlers to develop? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question to start us off. And I think, um, I think the way to look at it is trying to break it down into, into a few different areas. So building on kind of some of the stuff we've spoken previously in terms of like sports sampling and um you know kind of trying to connect those neural pathways that we spoke about in in episode two i think athleticism always comes first um so trying to develop a well-coordinated athlete who's been exposed to you know multiple movement skills and, and kind of can deploy those movement skills in lots of different settings and there's kind of a baseline level of strength and a, and, a, and a solid sort of aerobic base to work with. So that's our kind of our, our first port of course, a very kind of global athleticism focused approach. Then we start to have a look at um, a bit more specificity. So can an athlete tolerate the training plan? So by that, you know, can they, can they get on the water? Can they tolerate, um, you know, can they tolerate white water if it's a slalom athlete? Can they tolerate the amount of volume performed on the flat if they're a sprint paddler? Um, do they have healthy shoulders that can support the training load? Do they have kind of good, you know, good musculature around the hips and the, and the lower back to kind of re reduce kind of any aches and pains or niggles there? Um, and then finally, it's it's trying to have sort of one eye on the strength qualities that are going to underpin in performance. So that kind of specific level of strength and power that's required to, to propel a boat forwards and, um, and and you know win races basically thanks for that um and the going back to the first point and um, you mentioned a bit around movements um and skills so what sort of movements would you be looking for paddlers to focus on so again like linking into that kind of that the, the global athleticism so we're looking at body weight control and a lot of strength conditioning practitioners will have like a, a staple movement base that gets thrown around quite a lot and um, so we would look at things from kind of uh, you know some good pressing work so such as such as kind of you know different press up variations um 
you know, can they control their body weight through a press and movement? Again, sort of like pulling variations. So that could be something like a, a body weight row. Um, and that could be, you know, performed on a bar or some, you know, some gymnastic rings or something like that. Uh, we might look at different squat patterns, a movement pattern that's called basically like a hinge movement, which if you're not familiar with is, is trying to control kind of a neutral spine or a flat back and then load into your hips. Um, so you might be that, you know, you might have heard the term sort of deadlift um, pattern mm. or something like that, which is um, basically a, a good position to pick something off the floor in that with a good kind of neutral spine. Um, and then we would look at, you know, some kind of basic core strength. So can someone hold good positions? Um, can they kind of resist um, any unwanted movement? And can they kind of um, hold the shapes that are required? And um, both, you know, sort of things like planks or side planks. And then can they hold a good core position when they're performing all the work that we've just spoken about, those pressing, pulling, squat patterns? Um, as well so making sure they can perform well across all those movements first and then we might start to look at some more specific exercises so for, for our sport we might look at something along kind of some bench press some bench press variations uh, we might look at some bench pull variations and and pull up variations and when we're talking about specific um, we're kind of talking specific as in those exercise those exercises allow us to increase the strength in the key muscles that will underpin on water performance. So for example, a bench press uses a large portion of kind of the shoulder and the pec, and we know that's um, integral to kind of keeping the shoulder in a good position um, to kind of keep force on the blade. And the bench press allows us to, to kind of improve maximal strength in that in that area. So it's just trying to sort of dial in when we talk about specific, that's, that's what we mean by specific. And, and some some of those move, movements and specific exercises that you just mentioned there, um, they're also referenced in our athlete development framework and our what it takes to progress documents, um, which is on the digital library. That those people that want to search that, if you go onto the British Canoe and digital library, and um, you type in um, the athlete development framework or what it takes to progress, and and you can search for those type of exercises and movements that you just mentioned there, Ben. So moving on, now we've talked a little bit around the physical qualities and want to kind of delve a bit deeper into how you develop those physical qualities and, and what does a physical preparation program actually look like for a developing athlete? Yeah, again, another, another good question. And I think um, if we kind of start talking about maybe some key considerations first, so so one term that people might have heard before and it gets thrown around quite a lot is the, is the term periodization, which is essentially, uh, essentially it's, it's performance planning or, or, you know, you're planning a way to achieve your, your intended outcome. Um, and when we're talking about, you know, a pathway athlete or developmental athletes, it's not necessarily that we need a really complex periodized plan, but it's more a case of we should be looking to apply a structure to, to, to what we're trying to achieve. So, that might look something more of the kind of we're going to focus on these types of qualities and um, you know for this amount of time then we're going to move on and try and develop these types of qualities and then and so on and so forth and um, so making you sure you've got kind of structure to what you're doing um, and and you know there's a you know a sequential sort of loading and how those focuses kind of relate with each other and um, so i think it's kind of that that's a really important kind of starting point and then second, it's 
for, for me it's kind of making sure that we you know we chase technique first and we're learning the movements and we're learning how to execute them well and we're learning to kind of stabilize and stabilize the body across those key patterns that we've spoken about earlier and in order to achieve those you know it's higher volumes of work because you know those movements are skills so you need to be exposed to them perform them under control and um, and so it is a high volume exposure that's going to develop um, some of those kind of key skill sets that we've spoken about and then when we're looking at strength it's not sort of jumping straight to well, we've got to put the heaviest weight on the bar uh, we've got to you know we've got to do a one repetition max or a three repetition max or we've got to be lifting really heavy things and um, when you're developing you know you can get strong from moderate ranges so you can get strong from lifting you know eight to ten reps for a developing athlete it doesn't have to be you know that kind of real hard heavy high intense weights that you know you can fail under a bar and, and can potentially be quite risky it doesn't have to be that if you get stronger in kind of a, an eight rep load you know ultimately that is going to improve, be improving your strength so you can certainly um use that kind of moderate rep range to a it's quite it's sort of like a happy medium you can learn you can you know there's enough volume in there to learn the skill but it's also um the right amount of volume where the intensity will be building some strength as well so i think that, that's an important kind of focus point and then um you know as as the training age increases and as the athletes mature and, and you know start moving through that pathway then you can start to target slightly higher intensity work um you know through those developmental processes really that's great that's a, a good list there so also what about like session structure and such as like the number of sessions or the number of exercises or is or is there a particular exercise order that um, someone needs to follow um what about those type of considerations as well yeah that, that's the big question and it's a difficult one to answer because it's there's so many different ways that you can go about writing a training program and and, you know we, we could be here for hours if we try and talk every you know every different way of doing it you mm. know, the exact way to do it to, to get you know to turn someone into an athlete but i suppose for the purpose of this conversation is maybe we we kind of just go through some basic rules of thumb um that you can kind of use to anchor um anchor kind of your, your program prescription so if we kind of go to some of the things that you've spoken about so we look at maybe number of sessions I think it comes down to how much time have you got and we know the athletes are in the pathway that it's not just strength and conditioning that they're looking at they've got you know time on the water and they might be involved in other sports obviously they've got school and they've got education on top of that and you know it's going to be parent dependent as well in terms of can they can they get people from a to b so it does come down to sort of how much time you've got um it's great if someone can can kind of get two strength and conditioning sessions in a week and um, potentially three if you've got more time and you know the duration of those sessions a typical session tends to last for around an hour as a real sort of basic approach to it so you can come in get warmed up go through your session cool down get it done in an hour and it, it's kind of you know something that you can you can look to work towards and if you don't have the luxury of time then it might be a case of i think we spoke about this on some of the other um, podcasts about maybe breaking some of that physical work into a good solid warm-up that you can do yeah. so prior to taking part in sporting activity you know you're going to do x you know 
X amount of exercises and you're going to go through them and you do that every time before you, you know, before you take part in your sport, that adds up over time and that becomes your training session. So yeah, I think if, if someone can perform two to three sessions a week, brilliant. If not, um, find creative ways of doing it. And obviously as, as an athlete progresses and you know the, the training program becomes more intense or more specific then that will that will probably change but from a starting point that's something that we can we can aim towards um in terms of number of exercises within a session there's no set rule of, of, of how many exercises it all comes down to what your intended outcome is as a guideline we would tend to kind of look at maybe two to three kind of key lifts um that's kind of that that's where you really sort of want to be focusing your time um, and that links into what you're trying to achieve and then following on from that you might have a few uh, accessory exercises that geared around supporting kind of your, your main focus um, exercise so you don't have to be in doing every exercise under the sun and um, it's just dialing it down into what's your main focus a couple of exercises there and then some accessory stuff around that um, and when we're talking about athletes in the pathway we tend to look at kind of total body exposure. So um, multiple patterns of movement. So if we, for example, within a session, you might have a pressing movement, a pulling movement, a squatting movement, a hinge movement, and a core exercise. And that would be sort of the main bulk of your session. And that approach is great if you have got limited time, because you can kind of get a focus on, on kind of each area. Um, and then as that athlete matures, and the training intensity starts to become harder, then you might start to separate training out a little bit more to kind of protect that outcome, such as if you know that pulling or pressing strength is your really primary focus that you need really to spend some time on, you might try and protect that and um, to make sure you, you're getting the outcome that, that you want. And, and then if we look at exercise order, I think that get, question gets asked quite a lot in terms of like where do things go? And, and you know, we'd always recommend you start with your, your biggest compound exercise first. So the exercise that's going to be the most fatiguing, it might be the most complex. And um, always start with that, and that will probably be your focus exercise. And uh, because you can make it doesn't make sense to your exercise that is, you know, your biggest exercise, your most complex exercise, you don't want to be doing it at the end whilst you're tired. And um, so we always kind of prioritize that towards the beginning of your of your session. So they're kind of some key considerations around um the the baseline of your programming really yeah no, thanks for that yeah i just said there's a, a, a number of considerations that you have to think about there and i suppose that would vary depending on um the type of athlete you're working with in the group so if you're perhaps working with an athlete that's um relatively novice in in strength and conditioning but compared to an, an athlete that has probably had a number of years um who's haven't followed a strength and conditioning program it might look a little bit different in for how you would do those type of things and um, for those type of athletes yeah definitely like context is king and you always adapt principles to what's in front of you and um, to make sure that each person is getting something out um of that exercise for example you can you can use a squat with a you know with an elite level senior athlete and you can use a squat with a, a junior developmental athlete how you do it will be slightly differently but the movements are the same but the outcomes are slightly different um, and like i say it all, always comes down to context yeah great um we talked a little bit around the increase in loading and often a, a fault for coaches and, and paddlers is 
that they want to progress as quickly as, as possible and they want to do these weight-based exercises or increase their load um but what are the considerations for when you're actually progressing in your um, physical preparation program yeah again it's it's i think the difficulty we have within within the, the realms of strength is that people see progress as just putting weight on the bar um, and you either make it or you don't um, so there is that kind of you know that voice at the back of your head where it's like i need to put more weight on the bar i need to put more weight on the bar and I think it's dialing it down into well actually it's the movement under the bar which is going to develop the athleticism required to be successful in your chosen sport so if we chase load you can compromise the technical execution and um, so you can you can compromise how the exercise is performed and you know we use strength as a means to an end so the end being on water performance therefore how the exercise is performed will either have a positive or negative um transfer you know we're not we're not weightlifting we're not powerlifting where the sport is to lift the heaviest weight possible and that dictates success we're looking at you know how do we use strength to support someone on the water to whether that's to execute a certain technique whether that's to improve their efficiency or minimize the fatigue or um keep that technical execution from the from the start of a race to the end of the race um you know that's what we're looking for to use it for we're looking to it to, you know to propel the boat forwards and therefore how the how it's performing is going to have a massive impact so if the shot if you lose a shoulder position then the shoulder's not going to be as stable therefore you know you're not using the stabilizing muscles with your you know your big strength muscles which that's what we're looking to develop on the water so it really is movement under under load which we need to be chasing rather than just trying to put weight on the bar yeah, that, that's a good point. And uh, I know it's very common for you know, a youngster just kind of looking across, maybe seeing what their, their peers lift in and, and just want to be doing that. But actually following those principles that you just mentioned there is key, really, rather than you know, copying what, what their friend is doing, for instance. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's, you know, having, having a training partner or having a training group is really beneficial. You know, it helps. Uh, it helps with motivation. It, you know, it's, it's a really, you know, positive thing. Um, but it is making sure that you focus on you and where you're at and what you can do. And you know, getting strong is a skill. It's not just about coming to the gym, putting the heaviest weight on the bar, and then trying to lift it. Because if you if you do that session one, set one on bench press, then you've got nowhere to go. You've got no wriggle room. Um, whereas if you can come in. You know, if you can solidly lift um, lift the weight technically well within, say, a bandwidth of sort of eight to ten reps, and if you start out lifting it for eight reps, and then once you can then um, achieve ten reps with that load, you know, okay, well, something has happened. I've adapted to some, to, to this exercise with that load in some way. Okay, maybe we'll have a slight increment on the bar, and then you lift again. Once you can lift that with ten reps. Jumping, then you can increase again so you've got that sort of bandwidth that you can play around with and that's you're much more likely to see progress with, with that approach as, to, as opposed to just kind of uh, fingers crossed i'm going to put that weight on the bar i'm going to lift it because mm -hmm. i lifted this weight last week it is uh, just trying to be a bit more kind of tactful with how you're how you're applying um, that progressive loading absolutely yeah yeah that's a good point there um, I'm going to um, summarise and bring this podcast to a close very shortly, but um, I've got sort of one final question for you. And 
as from what we discussed today in today's podcast episode and also the previous episodes that um what are your main take-home training principles it's a a big question to end on isn't it um i think to kind of like summarize the last three conversations i suppose i think the the main thing is for a developmental athlete or someone who's starting out in that in that journey is you know make it something you enjoy doing so if we're talking about sports something if there's certain things that you enjoy doing that you know you're going to get certain athletic skills from then do them um you want to make sure this is something that you enjoy and then if you enjoy it you'll be consistent with it if you're consistent with it you'll progressively develop in that area so you know definitely definitely make sure enjoyment is is within that program um secondly on from that is looking at movement competency and motor control so you know linking into the previous stuff we've spoken about is exposure to lots of different patterns of movement um, and learning how to control your body in different ways it's going to you know it's, your body's going to learn a lot and it's going to connect those neural pathways and it's um you know it's definitely the first port of call in terms of that general qualities and movement competency first and um, before we kind of start ta- tapping into kind of those that specific qualities um, and when we are looking at specific qualities and um, it's making sure that we you know we progressively load the muscles that are going to impact um on water performance thanks uh, that's some um, some great sort of final take-home training principles for for coaches and, and paddlers to follow there um so ben it's it's been um another fantastic and fascinating insightful podcast episode today so um really really enjoyed um chatting with you in this podcast episode and our previous episode so uh, f- thanks a lot ben yeah no thank you thank you very much for having me it's been uh yeah really enjoyable to to talk around some of these topics so um who knows maybe we'll be back soon to to discuss some more absolutely let's hope so so this podcast is available on the british canoeing awarding body page and also on our talent parent program webpage on the podcast section of the british canoeing website it's also available to listen to on spotify podbean or apple podcast channels just follow our podcast name british canoeing coaching thank you for listening Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.